0: What an interesting hymn for this morning. These are the days when it can be very difficult to figure out how to tell the story of Jesus and his love in a world that is so full of hate and fear. And I think that it is important for us to sit with that tension today, that tension of knowing The great love, the great grace that we have been shown, that we have been asked to then share with those around us, but the great sadness that we feel when something happens like yesterday's tragedy in Squirrel Hill. And so sit with that today, That tension of how even in the midst of such great violence um, and loss of life do we tell the story? Yesterday afternoon, I joined some um, friends and colleagues at um, another Presbyterian church right down the road from my house, and uh, it was sort of an ad hoc, last minute, um, swept together gathering to spend some time in prayer and lament, um, and also to fold paper cranes. A couple people have asked where these cranes came from today, and uh, we folded bunches and bunches of these. There were, I think, 10 different faith communities represented at, at this crane-folding prayer cry fest, and uh, each, each person then took some back for their own congregation to pray over, and these will then be sent to the congregations at the Tree of Life Synagogue as a sign of peace and solidarity with them. And I would like to read to you the letter that was then crafted by those who joined together yesterday that will be sent on behalf of each and every one of these communities. Um, I was fully confident signing it on your behalf. Don't worry, there's nothing heretical or controversial at all in this letter. It is simply a statement of love and of peace. And so let me share that with you now. To the congregations of Tree of Life Synagogue, The horrific violence and loss you have experienced has shaken faith communities across Pittsburgh. Our hearts are broken in grief for your loss. We have distributed boxes of cranes to communities affected by tragedy across the country as a sign of peace and reconciliation and unity. The origins of the paper crane go back to the aftermath of the dropping of bombs at Nagasaki and Hiroshima during World War II. We share these with you in this time of tragedy and grief to let you know that you have many faith communities standing with you in solidarity. We send them in the hope and assurance that hate does not have the final word. Shalom. Signed, Community of Oakland, Community House Presbyterian Church, Emsworth Presbyterian Church, Grace Memorial Presbyterian Church, Hot Metal Bridge Faith Community, Mount Troy United Church of Christ, Riverview Presbyterian Church, Sanctuary Faith Community, St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church, Mosaic Community Church, and Wexford Community Presbyterian Church. I would like to join together in praying over these. If you are able, please join me in circling around the communion table. I will stay right here to read the prayer. We can kind of gather around and join hands and spill over the edge of the the pulpit area here. If we need to make two circles or a weird-shaped circle, that's okay few folks can come up here and join Gene and I up here if you like we kind of need someone like right here if someone wants to fill in yeah if we can kind of bridge the gap over here perfect
1: Sorry. I wasn't sure. (laughs) There we go. All right.
0: Yeah, our circle has a leg, but that's okay. We're all joined together. Let's pray. Lord, we know your power, your promises, and your presence. But on days like today, when your people are gunned down in your holy house, we question everything we thought we knew about you, about humanity, about ourselves. How can such hate fester and plot, destroy, and kill? How can those created in your image and called good commit such horrendous acts? How have we gotten to this place and where do we go from here? Lord, help us. Help us rise up and resist evil with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Help us confront the hate within and without that is overtaking our land. Comfort, oh comfort your people, Lord. We beg for an outpouring of compassion and love to overwhelm the scourge of violence besetting our community. May we relentlessly speak up for and reach out to our Jewish brothers and sisters and all of those reeling in fear as they simply go about their daily living. Grant us the courage, the will, and the stamina to live every day with faith, hope, mercy, kindness, and justice until crying and mourning and death and hate are no more. We pray in the name of our Savior, a Jewish man from Nazareth, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friends. You may be seated.
2: The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. And the next Old Testament scripture is from Genesis. Chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the first one of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know he replied, and I'm my brother's keeper. The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And whoever finds him will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. These are the words of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. I'm you're going to read the other. Our epistle reading this morning comes from first John chapter three verses 11 through twenty four. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. And finally, our gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel according to John, chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Often when there is an international or national tragedy, a natural disaster, a terrorist act, I will address it in the prayers, maybe mention it in my sermon or in the witnessing God at work portion of the service. But yesterday, a terrorist hate crime was committed in our own city. The Tree of Life Synagogue is right down the street from the Presbyterian Church where my in-laws worship. Many of our friends and family live in that neighborhood or nearby neighborhoods. My 12-year-old daughter's cello camp went busking just down the street from that synagogue just this summer. A friend of mine said that there were heavily armed SWAT officers running down her street yesterday morning. The neighborhood that Mr. Rogers once graced with his residence was home to what is thought to be the deadliest attack on Jews in U.S. history. Eleven people are dead and six severely injured. Eleven Pittsburghers dead and six more severely injured. Eleven of our neighbors. Eleven beloved creations of God lost because of racism and anti-Semitism. When things like this happen in our own backyard, we have to extend more than our prayers. It's not that prayer isn't important. It's that we are fully capable of offering so much more. When this sort of mass hate crime visits our own home, we must get up and take a stand because this is against everything our scripture tells us matters most. I am happy to sit down for coffee this week and tell you exactly how I feel about gun control and mental health care in our country, but that's not what this is about, not today. Those discussions are band-aids at best. Today, what this is about is that we have become such a hateful, divided, unholy people in our culture that someone would think it's not only okay, but that it is their mission They're calling in life to go mow down more than 20 people in the middle of their house of worship during a worship service. There are very practical ways to mitigate the effects of evil in our neighborhoods for sure, but that alone does not stamp out the effects of hate and fear and violence. The real problem is that we are completely comfortable allowing hate and fear to run the show if it means we don't have to step out and spend some time outside of our comfort zone. This division and hate is nothing new. We see in scripture that it's been happening since the dawn of time. As far back as human memory goes, we have been killing each other for no good reason. Cain didn't have the sort of offering that God was asking for, and God favored Abel, who had the sort of offering that God was asking for. In other words, Abel saw favor because of his righteousness, and Cain did not. Instead of figuring out what needed to change in his own heart and actions and attitude, Cain opted to act out of hate. What I find fascinating about God's response to Cain is that while there are certainly consequences for Cain's actions, God's response is not to return Cain's violence with more violence. God's response is to disallow violence as a reaction to Cain's violence. I can't think of a more powerful example of this refusal to meet violence with violence than the response to another mass shooting in another place of worship just over three years ago. In June of 2015, another white supremacist carried out a terror act as a group of righteous people were worshiping together in Charleston, South Carolina. Nine people died at Bible study that night in that mass shooting. Nine people walked into their church that night to study God's word, and they never walked out again. There was so much rage against the perpetrator of that massive hate crime, but it wasn't from the families of those who died. Rather than continue the cycles of hate and retribution, rather than calling for the death penalty or more violence or more force, they responded with love. To the man who brutally shot and killed their mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, children, grandparents, they said, I will never be able to hold her again, but I forgive you. And have mercy on your soul. You hurt me, you hurt a lot of people, but God forgives you and I forgive you. As we said in the Bible study, we enjoyed you, but may God have mercy on you. I forgive you. My family forgives you. We would like you to take this opportunity to repent. Although my grandfather and the other victims died at the hands of hate, this is proof. Everyone's plea for your soul is proof. They lived in love and their legacies will live in love, so hate won't win. Did their response Of love stop extremists from entering places set aside for education and worship and lashing out violently? Yesterday is proof that it did not. We still have a long, long way to go. But what it did do was break the pattern. It stood out from the crowd. And we, dear ones, are called to be pattern breakers. A few of us breaking patterns may seem like just a drop in the bucket, but every drop counts. And all of us breaking patterns is what makes new patterns. I already said that this is not primarily about gun control or mental health or any of the other rote arguments we stage after a tragedy like yesterday's. Let me be clear that this is not simply about tolerance either. You can tolerate something and still not like it. My husband tolerates having four cats, but he does not love having that many cats. Some people tolerate their Muslim neighbors or their gay neighbors or their immigrant neighbors or their black neighbors or their Jewish neighbors, but they don't love them. Tolerance just leads to apathy, which leads us into lonely, isolated, fear-filled pockets of lonely existence that ignores things like what happened yesterday. This is not about tolerance. This is not about gun control. This is not about mental health. This is about love. In the words of the great Martin Luther King Jr., Hate begets hate. Violence begets violence. Toughness begets a greater toughness. We must meet the forces of hate with the power of love. The gist of the sermon I was going to preach today and threw away last night and I'm not preaching right now is that one of the things that gets in the way of our living out our calling is being too busy, sometimes even too busy doing things that seem like the right thing to do. We have to get off our comfy sofas, put off our date nights and our lazy afternoons and whatever else we had planned and meet the forces of hate with the power of love. I know this city, I know Pittsburgh, and I know that it has so much love to give. I know you all, and I know that you have so much love to give. We have so much more love to give than there is hate in this world. We just have to get up and give it. So here are some things you can set aside your busy lives for this week that will make a real difference and that will help The light of love and peace shine in the world around you. You can donate blood. Anytime there are this many traumas, medical traumas in one place, the blood banks get low. I know that Triumph Church Hall on Mount Nebo Road is setting up a blood bank. You can go to the Red Cross's website to find out when and where you can donate blood. Talk to me if you need help signing up. I will sit with you after church on my computer and sign you up for a time and a place to donate blood. You can donate money. Again, if you don't know how to do this online or you need help with it, I will sit with you after church on my computer and do this together. The local Muslim community was the first on the ball, as far as I could tell from social media, with collecting money to cover funeral costs for victims, and you can make donations at launchgood.com synagogue. You can donate to the Jewish Foundation of Pittsburgh to help support our city's Jewish community and their worship and heritage. You can pray in community with others. Again, I will drive you there myself or call you a cab or an Uber or a Lyft if a ride is a problem. There are no excuses here. We will get rid of all those excuses. The Pittsburgh community gathering in the shadow of October 27th, shooting at the Tree of Life, Dor Shadash, and New Light congregations will be held at Soldiers and Sailors Memorial Hall at 5 p.m. today. Soldiers and Sailors in Oakland, 5 p.m., Today, they must be expecting one heck of a turnout because they are opening the doors at three. This gathering will include remarks from the rabbis of Tree of Life, Dor Hadash, and New Light Congregations, as well as from elected officials and interfaith religious leaders. Let's gather together in support of our grieving neighbors, rebuilding beloved community. Again, I know Oakland is not pleasant to drive in. I have a large minivan and an extra car. We'll get you there. Call me. Also today at noon, there will be an interfaith prayer gathering at Temple David on Northern Pike in Monroeville, sponsored by the Monroeville Interfaith Ministerium. You have plenty of time to get there after church this morning. If you would like to go, I have the address. I would drive you there, but I will be at St. Andrews encouraging them to do the same things I am encouraging you to do right now. But we'll find you a ride. We'll call you a cab. We'll call you an Uber. And especially speak up. Do not be silent. If you hear someone make a racist or anti-Semitic comment or joke, call them out on it. I heard a great response lately, too, if you're not quite sure what to say in those moments. You just say completely deadpan. I don't get it. Could you please explain it? And then watch them slowly realize what they have just said. If you see someone harassing another person because of their race, religion, gender, or other, please get involved. Stand up for them physically if you can, or if you can't, call the police. Hate crime is a crime. It is a serious crime. Crime. Harassment is a crime. Fred Rogers famously said, When I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, Look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. To this day, especially in times of disaster, I remember my mother's words, and I am always comforted by realizing that there are still so many helpers, so many caring people, In this world. When we are scared. We should look for the helpers. And when those around us. Are scared or hurting. We should be. The helpers. That they are looking for. Especially because my friends. We actually live in. Mr. Rogers neighborhood. By this we know love. That he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us love not in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Let us love not in thoughts and prayers, but in deed and truth. Let us love not in word or talk, but in being the helpers. Instead of our regular prayers of the people time after our declaration of faith, we will have our prayers of the people now. This will be a time of silent prayer because you know what? I'm out of words. I've said a lot of words today and I'm out of words. And so we're going to spend a few minutes in silent prayer. I've set out 11 candles this morning, one for each of those who lost their lives yesterday. And we'll be lighting those candles during this time of silent prayer prayer and I will signal the end of that time by sounding the chime 11 times and then we will join together in singing be still my soul let us pray faith by reading together the Declaration of Faith as printed in the bulletin. We believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who gathers, protects, and cares for the Church. We believe the Church is one worldwide communion of saints called from the entire human family. We believe the Church is the single community of believers reconciled with God and with one another. We believe that through the working of God's Spirit, unity is a binding force, and also that we must seek this unity, which must become visible to the world. We believe that the sin of division, separation, and hatred between people and groups has been conquered by Christ. We commit ourselves to protecting the unity of the Church universal. We pledge to make this unity active in all of our words, thoughts, and deeds. You may be seated.